0: third win against the top 10 and the orange had them all the way they didn't look into your heart they didn't look into your heart they didn't look into
1: my heart a three for the win battle boom as the orange do it again the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time this is orange nation with Stephen fonti and seth goldberg Let's do it. Thursday edition of orange nation here on ESPN radio, 977 100.1 Seth Goldberg with you today. Steven Fonte is out on assignment for channel nine. Uh, they're working on a, on a big story. You can see it tonight on the channel nine, five o'clock news. So be sure to tune in for that. See what, uh, Steve had been working on today. Uh, We've got a big show for you. we got Sal Capaccio from WGR and the Bills Radio Network coming up at 12.30. We have Chris Gedney coming up as at 1.30, as he does every week, joining us Thursdays before Syracuse football game days. We will talk Syracuse football. Uh, we've got a couple of things going on with Max coming in. I'm sure we'll talk some NBA as well. A big night uh, in the NBA last night and a big night tonight in the NBA uh, but let's get started with some Syracuse basketball, and I'm going to take the advice of Jim Bayheim. Got to look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of
0: the negative all the time.
1: So I'm going to take the advice of Jim Bayham. We're going to we're going to take a look at the positive of Syracuse basketball, and your calls are welcome three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Please, for the first part of the show, only positive thoughts on Syracuse basketball, of course. Uh, Tweet at me at Seth Goldberg 17 at ESPN Radio Syracuse to get your thoughts into the show as well. And it's easy to start with the positives here. Uh, 2-0 on the season. Syracuse has won its first two games. Sure, they were against Cornell and Iona, but Syracuse won their first two games of the season. Positive number one. Positive number two here uh, at the start of this young season. Well, Ty's battle looks really good. Ty's battle looks like Tyus Battle, right? We expected him to come in and be the leading scorer and be able to do some stuff that, well, he should be able to do against these Iona and Cornells and Oaklands and Toledos and Texas Southerns and whoever it may be, right? There are going to be things that he's just going to be able to do. He's going to be able to get to the basket at will. He's going to hit threes. He's going to look really good. He's an athlete. And so far, Ty's battle has done exactly that. He has picked up where he left off last season, and that was scoring in double figures in each of the last seven games of the year last year. He averaged better than 17 points per game over the last seven games of last season. And Ty's battle has picked up exactly where he left off. He's been that number one option. There's been no concern about him advancing his role and changing his role and growing into this new Piece for this Syracuse offense. He has just done it, right? There are no questions. There are no concerns over whether he could because in the first two games, he scored 20 points each game, and you say, you know what? Ty's battle can do that. And I asked Adrian Autry about this, and I, I thought his answer was interesting on Monday night at the Adrian Autry show about why his transition might be a little bit easier than Tyler Lydon's last year. You're on the scouting report, as you say right now.
0: You're the guy that uh, the defense is gearing up for to try to stop and make it hard for you. Um, you know, the one thing about Tyus is that he's, uh, you know, he, 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 he really was playing like that at the end of last year. I mean, I think if we'd have made a tournament, it might be a little different right now us but uh i think he'll be fine he's ready he's mature and and the great thing is is you know i watched this team interact and these
1: guys all kind of rally behind him and 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 support him and and pick him up and everything is, is really more collective so not only is ty's battle great on the court not only is he this great scorer for the team but he's clearly a leader right like he's clearly the leader of this squad People are going to follow what he does. If he's leading by example, it's a good example to set. And I think that that much has become clear in the early going. This is Tyus Battle's team. I don't think you can make any argument about that. He's going to be the leading scorer. He's going to be the go-to guy when you need a point in, in, in crunch time. He's a guy that you can put the ball in his hands and he'll drive to the basket He'll pull up from three, or he'll pass and make a play. This is Tyus Battle's team. I don't think anybody would deny that, and we've seen that early on in the season. Now, will this continue? I don't know if I can get into it, because uh, Jim Beheim says, I
0: look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all
1: the time. So, I will. Uh, I, I will wait just one second on that. And I'll talk about you know the that another day. I'll talk about what happens to Tyus Battle when we get into ACC play another day. I think he'll still be good. Is he going to score twenty eight or thirty points a game? Who knows. But we got to focus on the positives today. So positive number three. Positive number three is that you're getting something, anything, out of that center position, right? I think that the expectations were set very, very low on what you might get out of that center position. And I know Steve and I talked about it, and I, I know Roosevelt Bowie and I talked about it on postgame. Wouldn't it be great to get a double-double? But I don't think that anybody could have legitimately expected that coming into the season. Like, I think that's like the, wouldn't it be great? Well, you know what? The other night, they combined for seven points. They combined for 14 rebounds. Combining for five blocks, Chukwu and Sidibe. They're going to play all 40 minutes. And so far, they look up to the task. They look like good defensive presence, like a good defensive presence in the middle. They really do. And I think that the most intriguing thing to me, when you look at Sidibe and you look at Chukwu, and the biggest impact they can have on this team is going to come on the defensive end. And that impact, I think, is just as a shot blocker. Right? Tyler Lydon was a great shot blocker last year. But these guys are different. These guys are a different type of shot blocker. They're just bigger and stronger. Maybe not stronger, but bigger and 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 able to get up and get over you. Tyler Lydon was really good at timing the block shots. He was really athletic. Pascal Chukwu is seven foot two, right? And he's just a big guy to get a shot over. So I think that that adds some kind of different dynamic to this team. That adds some kind of different uh, look and different front. To this team, that maybe they didn't have in years past, and I think that's a big time positive because you know what? Now, if that guy on the outside gets beaten, well, look at what they have to get funneled into. They got to get funneled into seven foot two Pascal Chukwu. They got to get funneled into a six foot eleven Barama Sidibe, right? And, And that's an imposing figure to be sent into the middle of the zone on. And I think that that's really important for this Syracuse team. To have that safety net, to have that last wall of defense in front of the basket. It'll save him a couple of baskets. It'll save him a couple of points. And over the course of the season, having that shot blocker and that defender back there very well may win them a game or two. And I thought that last year about Pascal Chukwu before he got hurt. I thought, you know what, he's not going to play too many minutes. But there's going to be a game, whether it's UNC or Duke or one of these teams that likes to play big, and they'll put him back there and he'll body up a guy and he'll win a game. And he ended up getting hurt, but I think that is still the case this year. I think Pascal Chukwu and Barama Sidibe will win a game for Syracuse just based on their defense. I think it is that important to the zone this year. I think that they will be able to block a shot, they'll alter a shot, and they'll do enough of that over the course of the year that it will just win them a game. Right? And that it'll just be good enough. So I think that that's a a positive. I think that they've been better than maybe we expected them to be this year. Positive number four, because remember, we're staying positive here on the first part of the show, 315 437 44 is the number to call. Positive number four. It's got to be what you're getting out of Merrick Dolzai, right? He's a bit of energy. He's really good on the press. He's long and lanky and good on defense, and he may not give you much offensively, but he gives you some of that other stuff. He gives you the defense. He gives you energy. He crashed the offensive boards when he went into the game on Tuesday night. And if you believe coach well then his slenderness is an advantage to him he's quicker he can get into small spaces I think that it's interesting to watch him I'm intrigued by him as a player I've said that all along I am intrigued to see what Marek Dolzai can do because I think that more so than anybody coming into this year he was a question mark we didn't know what to expect out of Marek Dolzai, right we thought that for that O'Shea Brissett would be a pretty good score. We thought that Pascal Chuku and, and Barama Sidibe could at least give defense. We knew Tyus Battle would be the the number one option and the and the leader on this team. We heard comparisons of, of Howard Washington to Tyler Ennis. You know, we thought Frank Howard's shot was going to be cleaner. So we heard about everybody except like you didn't know too much about Marek Doljai other than what his weight was. And so I think that seeing him in these two games, even though they were two games against Cornell and Iona, you at least got a little bit of an idea of what kind of player he is. He's going to play defense. He's going to crash the glass. He's going to get his points in transitions and on offensive rebounds. And those are points that you need to have as a basketball team. You need somebody who's only going to score that way, Right. You need somebody who's going to get their points just very much in the flow of the game and isn't going to take possessions away from somebody else. You need a guy who's just going to play defense and rebound. And I think Marek Dolzheim might be able to be that guy on this team. Again, let's see what happens in a month and a half when you start playing Virginia Tech and Clemson and Boston College and Duke and Wake Forest, and Miami, and Florida State, and UNC, and Louisville, and all these teams that are bigger and stronger than what you're playing right now. But for now, trying to stay positive, he looks pretty good. And I think one more positive to round this out. Positive number five. Number five. Positive number five is Frank Howard on the early season. We know now that the ball is going to be in his hands a lot. I think we assumed that before the season. The ball is going to be in Frank Howard's hands a lot this year. Him and Ty's battle. So the question becomes, how effective could Frank Howard be? And you know what? He was the second leading scorer the other night. He scored 15 points. He was scoring in the first half when nobody else was. And that is really important and really underrated. Sometimes you just need a guy who, when nobody else is able to get anything going, he can get it going. And I think most of the time that'll be Ty's battle. But at some point, Ty's battle is going to start getting double teamed and start getting help defenders to him. And they're, they're going to need somebody else. O'Shea Bursette, Frank, uh, Frank Howard, Marek Dolzai, Matthew Moyer. Somebody else is going to have to step up. Offensively, And right now it looks like that second option, for the time being at least, is Frank Howard. Does it eventually become O'Shea Brissett? Maybe. Maybe it does. But it looks like Frank Howard can fill that role as well. And I think that's going to be very, very important for this team as they move forward. They need that second scoring option. I think at least through two games you see that Frank Howard can be that, whereas last year he might not have been able to. This year he has stepped up, he has stepped into that role, and it looks like he can really fulfill it. Sure, he's going to turn the ball over. He's going to have a couple of head scratching turnovers. But really, which unrefined college court, college point guard hasn't? Right? Michael Carter Williams had a couple of, would have a head scratching turnover a game. Mike Bener would have a turnover earlier in, in his point guard career with SU that would just make you say, huh, what was that? And I think that Frank Howard will as well. And it happens. He'll grow out of it. But right now, it looks like he's that secondary scorer. And that's something that Syracuse needs. So we did it for 15 minutes. We stayed positive on Syracuse basketball 315 437 7644, the number to call. And on Twitter, at Seth Goldberg17. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Sal Capaccio in about 15 minutes talking Bills here on Orange Nation. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Seth Goldberg here with you, starting our number two. And how about this? We're going to start our number two with a little surprise. I got some basketball tickets in my hands right now, some Syracuse basketball tickets to Saturday night's game. I got four tickets. Let's give them away. 315-437-7644. It is game number five, so caller number five right now gets four tickets to SU Texas Southern Saturday night in the Carrier Dome. Caller number five. That's all you got to do to get these tickets. As I mentioned, we will have Chris Gedney talking SU football in about 25 minutes from now at 1.30, uh, we'll have today's business. We'll have some more stuff with Max Burgandy coming up as well. And uh, we may find another pair of basketball tickets to give away. So, So keep your ears out there. Why don't we start the hour, though, with some SU football talk? And I'm curious to see how this team bounces back. I'm curious to see how this team responds. I'm curious to see how this team comes out on Saturday afternoon in Louisville. Because we really don't know, right? We really don't know how this team is going to respond to that game. We saw last year, Syracuse's defense fell apart, right? We saw that defense fall apart in the game against Pittsburgh. But lucky for them, It was the last game of the year. They didn't have to come back the next week and play after. Well, this defense fell apart. This defense allowed 40 points in the second half of that game. This defense allowed 37 points in the last quarter and a half of that game this weekend in the Carrier Dome. And they need to play again this week. And not only do they need to play again this week, they need to play against the Heisman Trophy winner from last year, who is the leading rusher. Leading rusher in the ACC as a quarterback, who has also thrown for over 3,000 yards. And very well could be a finalist for the Heisman Trophy again this year. That's what they're going up against. And I think that when you look at it that way and you think about it that way, this is going to be a very tough thing for this Syracuse team to bounce back from. Can they bounce back? Can they rebound? And they're going to have to, and they're going to have to do it fast. Because this team's bowl hopes are on life support. I'm not even going to talk about which bowl game they could possibly go to until we see them win that sixth game and they beat Boston College in, in two weeks in the Dome. Right? I'm not even going to talk about potential bowl games until we come back from Thanksgiving. Because it's so out there and it's such a remote possibility that it's not worth talking about right now. But you need to win this game to get there. You need to win this game to improve on last year. Right? You need to win this game to be better than you were last year. To show tangible improvement. To get to that five-win mark. You got to beat Louisville. Or you got to beat Boston College. You need to get one more to get to that level. The question, of course, remains, will Eric Dungy play? And we don't know. We don't know. We saw, Eric, we saw Zach Mahoney last week play a fantastic first half. And as good as he was in the first half, he was that bad in the second half. So what Zach Mahoney will we see this Saturday if Zach is the one who plays? And if he doesn't play and if Eric Dungy is healthy and is able to play how much of an impact does that make how much better does that make Syracuse I think that's a legitimate question to ask what is the improvement that Zach Mahoney or that Eric Dungy would give you over what Zach Mahoney gave you last week I think there would be improvement I think Eric Dungy's a better quarterback but it's hard to top a first half like Zach Mahoney played Regardless, I think this game is going to come down to the defense once again. And I say that because Louisville's defense isn't very good. They haven't been very good this year. They've struggled at times. So Syracuse should be able to score. But defensively, they're going to have to really work at getting Lamar Jackson down. They're going to have to work to contain Lamar Jackson. He's one of those guys where the saying is true. You cannot stop. You cannot stop Lamar Jackson. You can only hope to contain him, right? That's one of those, yeah, that that is true about Lamar Jackson. That is an accurate statement. Uh, I think that that's something that is totally true tonight and totally accurate this week. You cannot stop him. You can only hope to contain him. And this defense is going to have to. This this defensive line is going to have to get after him and beat a battered offensive line for the Louisville Cardinals. But once they get there, once they get back, are they going to be able to get Lamar Jackson down? And I don't know the answer to that question. I just don't know the answer to that question. But I think that's the question that needs to be answered. Can they stop Lamar Jackson? Or did John Walford and Wake Forest lay out the perfect blueprint of how to beat this Syracuse defense? Allow your receivers some time to find space in the middle of the field, beat that zone, and then run a read option and run around the edge. And you know what? Lamar Jackson is better, faster, and stronger than John Walford. And he will just tear that up. We saw last year. Put up 70 points in the carrier dome. Had a day. Launched his Heisman candidacy in week two of the season. And I think that, you know, when you look at SU and you look at this de- the, where this team is at, they could use a win. Stop the bleeding. But it'll all come down to the defense, like it did last week. The defense has to play better. The defense has to get Lamar Jackson down. We will talk more football coming up at 1.30 with Chris Gedney. We'll take a break. Today's business is next. Seth Goldberg flying solo on Orange Nation today. And we're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. This is Orange Nation. Seth Goldberg with you. And Orange Nation is brought to you by Charles Heating and Air. Steve is out on assignment. Uh, you can check out what he's working on during the 5 o'clock news tonight on News Channel 9. Wrapping up hour number one, thanks again to Sal Capaccio. Hour number 2 uh, Well, we'll Chris Gedney stopping by as he does every Thursday to talk SU football, SU and Louisville. We'll start hour number two talking SU football as well, but for now, uh, we bring in our producer Max Brigandi. Hello, Max. I'm on Mike two today. I'm moving up. I know. In the world. You're I in in your first update, uh you you know this yes I turned on the wrong mic because I'm so used to you sitting on the other side of the table that I turned that microphone on. You can actually see me today. I'm not. I know by you're not a locked, speaker or I'm not,
0: computer screens.
1: I'm not looking over computers to, yeah, to no. get to you. All right, it's what,
0: nice. I feel it, it's a lot more open on this side of the room. I <laughs> there's so feel, much more space over here, right? So much more room for activities <laughs> over here.
1: What do what do we have on tap here? What what are we doing? We're gonna do buy off. or sell. Okay, buy or sell. Okay,
0: and. The first one is Steph Curry's online basketball class. Have you heard of this? No. He's teaching an online basketball class. Oh. It is $90, and he will teach you the fundamentals of what makes him such a great basketball player. I feel a company investment. Only thing is there's no dunking chapter.
1: Well, of course.
0: But everything else you'll learn from Steph Curry. So, would you sign up, buy or sell?
1: (laughs) Sell. How can you learn basketball through an... it's like Steph Curry. No, I I get that. But like I took it I took a couple online classes in college and like I learned I, I guess something like reading like it was like a reading uh, a reading and writing class, like I could take a math class online, I could understand taking like an econ class or a business class. Like, how do you take an online class for something that involves like physical interaction? I'm buying this 10 out of 10 times. You're buying it. I'm buying this. I'm paying should the $90. We, should we all chip in and do this together? We can do a
0: GoFundMe and then... I'll sign up and take the class. Should we chip in
1: around the office?
0: Yes, we got absolutely. like eight, we got
1: like nine people who work. That's ten here. bucks. We, yeah, it's like ten
0: bucks we each. You can get a hoop out in the parking lot too. That's, that's oh, that'll we, be the homework. We need a hoop next summer. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We need to do that. I'm signing up for this. Ten, 10 times. No, no. Yes. No. Oh. I'm going to be the best basketball player ever after after yeah, taking yeah, okay. this class.
1: Here, here's my theory, though. By the way, uh, this is a a terrible theory, and I, I think you're going to hate it. My theory as to why Steph Curry endeared himself to everybody a couple years ago and was just like this beloved little basketball forty foot shot making wizard, right? So LeBron James, like you watch him and you're like, Man, I could never do that because I'm not six foot eight, two seventy. But like Steph is kind of my height, and if I practice enough, I can make crazy shots. Right? So like <laughs> I, I guess, think I, but... like, I think in a way that endeared him to the the people of the you know, the the basketball fans, where like to an extent, you're like, oh, I could probably do something like that if I practiced enough, but I can never do what Kobe did. Like, I can never dunk a basketball through my legs like Vince Carter, but I might be able to make 30-foot threes on the regular. Debatable. That's debatable. You, mean, have like, a shot at, you have a better right. shot at the threes. Right. I just thought Absolutely. it was a, just my, my theory that that was out there.
0: Anyway, I, after I become the best basketball player in on planet Earth and you see me in the NBA... Playing against LeBron, you're gonna wish you bought this, and you're gonna wish you took the class. So, sure,
1: if if you say so, I, I do know. say
0: so. You're gonna see me next year dunking on Joel Embiid, which brings yeah, me to my exactly. next to my next buy or sell. Is Joel Embiid the best center in the NBA? Yes, yes, yeah. Buy it, buy Absolutely. it. Yes, even at sixty nine percent
1: last night. Yes, even at sixty nine percent, he is the best center in the league. Look at what he did last night. Look at what he does when he's healthy and playing basketball games. Uh, he is awesome. He very well could be the best player in the league not too long from now. Uh, that team is going to be really, really good. Uh, ben Simmons was what a rebound away from a triple double last night, or a or he's, almost, assist, he's almost he's almost averaging away. a triple
0: double as a rookie. And it's, he I mean, was, I got his numbers right here. Simmons is 17, seven assists a game and nine rebounds.
1: Yeah, but no, what, what I was saying is last night he was a yeah, he was, he a was rebound a, or an assist away. I can't remember which one, but like nobody cared because Joel Embiid went absolutely insane and went for 46, 15, seven assists and seven blocks. Seven uh, blocks I mean, what, is insane. What he did last night is just absolutely ridiculous. And he just like does this normally. The Sixers going to be a playoff team? In the East? Yeah, why not? This year? Sure, why not? I you only know. need, you it's only just need weird.
0: 35 wins. It sounds weird coming out of my mouth saying it does. playoffs and 76ers in the same sentence. It just doesn't no, sound a, right.
1: It does, but you know, look at what they did. They, they have Embiid, who's a, a fantastic offensive player. Simmons is a great playmaker. J.J. Redick is one of the best by-the-numbers three-point shooters that the league has ever had. And he went zero for eight last night. And you know, Dario Saric is a nice piece. Uh, I think that they can. I think that they can make a playoff push here. Look, they're going to get swept in the first round, or they're going to lose in the first round to you know the Celtics or, or the Cavs or the the I don't know whoever the number one seed is. But they look pretty good. I mean, they could shock the world. I
0: could see them not getting swept. I could see them taking a, a series six games or something. Not, Maybe.
1: I mean they, they, okay, they're, they, they're they're a they probably a nightmare. They are. They probably wouldn't nightmare. get swept, but they would not do well. No. Does so that make sense? Like but like it, they wouldn't make it out of the series, but they no. probably wouldn't get swept. No I could shot. see them I could see them making the playoffs though. It, it's legitimately gonna take thirty five wins in the East. Yeah. That's, that's under five hundred. Uh, I think that's I don't think that's unreasonable. You're gonna see
0: the Knicks and the Sixers in the playoffs. That Eey. yeah. That Ugh. I don't know. That's, I'll skip those series. Yeah, I'll just, be watching something else. Just get me to the finals.
1: Speaking of crazy good players and unicorns, Chris Dapps is just
0: unbelievable on
1: another level. Would you rather have him or Embiid? Wow, that's a good question. That's tough. It's a really tough question.
0: Both around the same age, both 7-footers.
1: Both have personality.
0: Yeah. I think that Chris Stop shoots... He's a little better than I would Embiid, take but poor
1: Zingas because of the injury history.
0: Okay, fair. I mean, on I mean, they're pretty much equal play, players on the yeah. court.
1: Yeah, no, on the court, I think they're about the same level. I think they're both going to be mega, mega, mega stars. Um, I, I'm just curious with the injury history. We know, yeah, right. We we know what Embiid's history is. Yeah, I mean, and big men have foot problems. Like like historically, big men have foot problems.
0: Like a KD. He's even got his share of foot problems. He broke his foot. Yeah. Keeps coming back. Seven footer. Yeah, seven footer. Again.
1: That's a lot that's a lot of weight to put on yeah, a, it's stress. On, a, on a on a foot.
0: Yeah. All right, let's talk some Yankees since uh I know you missed baseball season. The MVP I award's do. about to be announced coming up. Um is John gonna come to the Yankees by or sell? Sell. Why?
1: Uh too much money, too long a contract, and they don't need him. But wouldn't that be awesome to have, <laughs> to have Judge him and Judge 4-3-4? Absolutely, it w- it would be awesome. It would be insane. Um, I don't think they're going to do it. I-, I don't think they're going to do it. It's just it's. What's he got left on his contract? Like four... ten, 10 years, two ninety five. Yeah, so that's... he could opt out after three years. Um, you don't want to give up too much because he could opt out, and like if he doesn't, you don't necessarily want to be stuck in that contract. But I think most importantly. You don't necessarily need him right now, and you're trying to get under the tax line. You're trying to get under $197 million for the first time in forever so that next year you can go out and give Manny Machado half a billion dollars, right? Yeah. So that that's what you're trying to do here. Um, and the Yankees, I think, need to. And 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 this is the time to reset because Gary Sanchez is getting paid nothing. Aaron Judge is getting paid nothing. Clint Frazier is getting paid nothing. D.J. Gregorius is getting paid nothing. So is Starling. You know, Starling yeah. Castro's on a very team friendly contract. Aaron Hicks is on a on his arbitration deal still and getting paid very little. Um, the only big money commitments they really have are Chapman, Jacoby Ellsbury, and uh, you know Chase Headley and and uh Brett Gardner like there there are four big money uh on and uh Tanaka but Tanaka's so worth it i'd
0: say right, but, Ellsbury... but what i'm saying is that yeah. there
1: are five big money contracts on right. the books right now they don't need another one okay yeah i so agree so I, I don't think they'll do it but what pieces
0: would be the moving pieces of all the know. names you just mentioned how do you pick the of the young talent which ones do you pick to sign and which ones do you pick to let walk? Like what well, that is be the ultimate sign, challenge. Right.
1: Ultimately you you keep
0: Sanchez. Obviously, Sanchez and Judge, you gotta keep. The outfield's where it I gets think tricky. You keep,
1: I think you sign Didi. I think they should sign him this offseason. What about Castro? I think he's gonna be gone. I would trade him this offseason. I would really? like debate trading him. Yeah. Because you've got Tyler Wade, you've got Glaber Torres, you've got you know Miguel Andujar. You've got people who could play second and third, and that's what you're going to need. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to trading Castro like this off season. Um, you know, put him with a couple other guys because th- they've got a lot of people that they need to protect on their forty man roster, like before next week. Otherwise, like it's going to be free free reign on yeah. on pick up your guys uh, in that Rule Five draft. So Castro might be a guy who like you might say, hey, you want like a couple of our relievers? Okay, but you got to take him too. Um, you know, and you get one person back in exchange for four. Um and on the surface it might look like, well, why are you doing it? Well, it's better to lose them for something than nothing. Yep. Um but I think guys could be on the move. Like you got Torres too, like you said. Who... Torres will be back by mid-season. Torres should be in the majors by next, mid-next season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think he was going to come up this year. I if think so he too. didn't get hurt. And right. he was looking really really good. Really good at triple-A. Yeah. Um, uh
1: what well, that'll, that'll put a wrap on it. We could bring them back bring back a couple later during today's business.